Okay, we are in London actually, and uh, I am at the office of uh, Silverstream. And we have uh, in this uh, episode been so lucky to have the CEO of Silverstream here, Noah Silverschmidt. Welcome to KCC's podcast. Hi, Martin. It's great to meet you today, and thank you for coming to visit us today at our Silverstream Technologies office in London. I'm looking very much forward to our discussion today. It's uh, very nice coming to London after uh, yeah, a lot less travels the last uh, period and uh, always good to meet uh, close uh, companies that we're working with. And um, the history of Claveness is definitely a technology driven and we like to cooperate with suppliers. And that is why we are uh, sitting here with you today in order to uh, learn more about your unique technology and the ambitions of both companies. So to start off, maybe you can just simply explain the physics of the Silverstream solution that we are piloting on two of our vessels. Sure, I'll do that. Uh, first of all, air lubrication is not a new technology. Uh, I've seen it first described in literature in 1860s by a famous uh, English engineer called Froude that uh, most naval architects will, will, will have known about, where he is explaining about how the introduction of air surrounding the hull would, um, would, uh, would uh, make the frictional resistance uh, lower or smaller. Um, I know of about like 50 different attempts in the last um, 100 years mm. of air lubrication, but none of these have had uh, commercial success. So we are we're probably the first company that have developed a system, an air lubrication system that have, well, have the commercial uh, success and, and, and the amount of contracts mm. that, that, that we are now known for. So air lubrication is the, is the science or the technology of releasing a tiny amount of air. The air, uh, the air that we are releasing through our air release units uh, create micro bubbles. Mm. Microbubbles means that the um, bubbles are probably one to two meters, one to two millimeters in, in diameter. Uh, they have a high surface tension. Mm. So typically when they, 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 they hit each other, they, they bounce off each other. They don't collect. Mm. So they're not like in when you're scuba diving and, uh, and, 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 and they are, there's buoyancy and they go towards the surface. There's not a lot of energy in microbubbles. If you put them into a boundary layer, which mm. is what we're trying to do, they will, they will just follow the boundary layer. In the boundary layer, they create uh, less friction than mm. water. And in the boundary layer, we're trying then to fill up the boundary layer with our microbubbles. So the boundary layer, instead of just being water, mm. now consists of mainly microbubbles and a little bit of water. So this is then typically then uh, taking down the friction. So it will reduce the shaft power mm. of a tip typical ocean-going vessel. And also, uh, because the, the vessel now glides more easily through the water, it will also in increase the speed. So you get two, 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 two benefits from using the technology. So what's special about our technology is the way we have designed the technology in that both the, the way we produce the air, we mm. use highly efficient uh efficient compressors. Mm. Uh, there are then pipes going down to our air release units. Uh, air release units are classed as sea chests, mm. sit uh, built into the double bottom of the vessel and sit uh, on the leading edge of the flat bottom of the vessel. And so 
just in the front of the of the flat bottom of the ship. Exactly. And each of these air release units, they are quite large. So so each each of them is about uh, four meters long yeah. and one meter wide, and weighs one and a half to two tons. And on a smaller vessel, we'll maybe have six to eight. And on a large vessel today, we put 20 of those in. 20 yeah. air release units. But, but, but compared to how big the large flat bottom is in a vessel, our air release unit will typically only be 1% of the uh, full flat bottom. Mm. So even though they are large individually, when you see them, mm. when they are built into the flat bottom, they, they, it's actually not a large part. They have a quite large surface to lubricate. And uh, also on, on our vessels, I think uh, the flat bottom is uh, around 40% of the wetted surface. And, uh, and we talked about friction. And uh, for us, we are doing everything we can to battle friction in uh, on the hull. We uh, we try the most advanced anti-fouling. Uh, we are doing uh, welding seam fairing. And uh, But your system may be the, the best system for fighting friction, I assume. That's true. What we can say is that today on, on all the installations that we have, we have not seen any fouling or growth on the flat bottom where we're lubricating. So you also get an additional benefit. You're not only manipulating the, the flat bottom uh, surface with air instead of water, you're also helping us to maintain a clean, uh, clean hull. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think the explanation for, for what we just discussed is that the microorganisms don't find it an interesting place to attach because mm. there's too much. Well, these these micro bubbles are actually the, the high surface tension. They're actually quite hard. Mm. So 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 they don't find it uh, uh, interesting to 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 sit in mm. the in, in the boundary layer yeah. where now it, where it's full of micro bubbles. That's not a very scientific explanation, which is also why we don't necessarily um, put it all over our website. Mm. This is just empirically so far on, on vessels that have come up for dry dock or where we have done diver survey. That's what we've experienced. Also, um, we in Clavenes, we like to, to try a little and learn a lot. We will have two pioneering uh, solutions, one on the Carbon 2 vessels and one on the Clean vessels. But you're also uh, trying and learning a lot in, in our common projects because you're delivering a new system where we only use three compressors that are feeding these um, air release units uh, compared to the normal six, which we would be required. How is your company working in order to optimize your uh, system? So, so, so you're absolutely right that... that uh there is, um, we have designed, uh, your vessels with our system in a, in a new, uh, way where we get even more efficiency. Mm. We started out designing our system with, with one to one, one compressor to one air release unit. Then we, a couple of years later, switched to one to two. And, 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 um, before we, we, we move on and, and try something new, a lot of testing and innovation and R&D goes behind it yeah. before we feel that it's safe to do something new. So, so today, uh, as we talked about before, we, we have a company, we are 100 people here. 
and we uh, we we focus a lot on innovation R and D and making mm-hmm. sure that whatever installation that we are doing for a customer, that we have done the proper background work. I also believe with 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 the with the contract we did with Clavinus, uh that we had a project team that first did an installation study, yeah. and together with with uh, collab- collaborating with yourself, we found that. Because of space requirements and also the the, the, the design of your vessels, mm. that it would make sense to have one compressor feeding for air release units, mm. and that is uh, it's a clever way to cut down the, the cost, and also it actually gives more savings in order uh, in terms of efficiency. Uh, are there other ways you are also working on um, scaling up the company? When we talked and signed this agreement uh, early this year. Uh, I think it was only installed on 11 or 12 vessels in operation at that time. And uh, the numbers I'm hearing today is that it's a significant push uh, in the market for, for, for your products. Uh, how, how do you work in order to both scale up uh, the commercial success and also come up with, with new uh, solutions or, or new improvements? So there are a couple of questions there, um, if I take them sort of like uh, one by one. We are we are constantly trying to make sure that we innovate and our systems are good and safe to use and deliver the proper performance. And when I talk about innovation or, or, or improvements, it's it's both on the technology where we are um, varying the, the, the up, updating the control and monitoring system. But it's also uh, improving the customer experience. Okay. I improving uh, how we work with the customer in 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 finding the technical scope. How we make sure that on commissioning we do it quicker and more smoothly with the yard and integrate everything. Mm. So that's that that's for us how we uh, make things smoother. That is helping us customers now understand and know that we deliver what we say we are going to deliver. We always work with a quite tight time schedule, mm. but we are we are we are able to not do overruns and 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 and, and I think because of that yeah. we're able to increase our order intake. So you're absolutely right now we have so end of December we have twenty eight vessels in yeah. operations. I don't think we today uh, say exactly how many uh, vessels we have contracted it, but uh, it's more than a hundred yeah. at this stage. And uh, we are very much uh, expecting to, by 2025, have contracted 500 vessels. That two years ago seemed extremely um, aggressive and yeah. optimistic. Today, uh, we think it's very much within reach. So at Silverstream, we are building an organization that can cope with that demand. So, so that means that we have a technical team that has the depth and, and to service uh, our customers. We are standardizing mm. our uh, our installation and in the various original equipment manufacturing goods that we are we are installing on the vessel. And we are uh, of course also now having an after sales service team, mm. so we can make sure that the, that the technology is going to work the lifetime of the vessel. So that means that we uh, are making. Uh, programs and schedules for the mm. customer so they know exactly how to service mm. uh, the system and how they, they get the best uh, savings yeah. out of the system. 
And uh, as a part of your journey, I also learned that you're using big data and you also have a data scientist team here that are tracking the performance and you're constantly updating the, the software in order to, uh, to operate the system. Also going forward uh, in, in cloudness, safety is always first and uh, we have uh, specialized chips with the specialized crew and they are doing uh, combination trade. What has been your experience in, in terms of, uh, of crew training and uh, safety aspects uh, around your installation? Has it been uh, easy to use by the crew or are you also learning now that you are developing the big scale? First of all, I would say that health and safety is uh, number one priority uh, for Silverstream. It's, it's people, it's customers and all the suppliers and yachts that we're working with. Um, so with the right preparation and, 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 and oversight, we think that we can minimize any issues going forward with health and safety in the, in the future. Specifically, we have uh, two people in, in internally that's mm-hmm. focused on uh, quality, health and safety. So, so that has always been, been a very big priority for us. Um, luckily, our system is actually fully automated. So when on board, you don't necessarily need to use uh, crew time for operating the system mm-hmm. when it's in a fully automated mode. But of course, we, uh, we instruct and help the teams on board uh, both in the engine control room up to the uh, wheelhouse on how to use our system. Quite often, you will both have monitors in the engine control and, and the wheelhouse, so you see the performance of the system. It's a um, relatively straightforward system to operate. It's fully integrated, and, 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 and it doesn't need any input from the crew on board. But therefore, uh, anyway, we, 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 um, we, we teach, we explain, and we are typically also on board with sea trialing our technology and, and engage very much with the crew. Also, looking at the bigger picture and, and the future, there is a lot of focus. Uh, also, we in Cloudness are very much looking into the future fuels. And how is Silverstream's uh, view on energy efficiency and energy transition? How do you see your part of this coming big change in shipping? So, new fuels, greener fuels are going to come in the future. And also there's also going to be in the midterm a transition to, to intermediate fuels like uh, LNG. Typically we describe ourselves as fuel agnostic. And that means that uh, with future fuels, they will be more expensive mm. and they will be um, less efficient in the sense that that, that, that one ton of uh, new fuel, uh, green methanol, yeah. will not take you as far as uh, one ton of other fuel. Yeah. So unless you want to load up your vessel with only fuel and less uh, car capacity, uh, it would make sense that you try and make your vessel as efficient as possible from the beginning yeah. before you even start using new fuels. So we are fuel agnostic. We embrace new fuels. We believe that they are coming. We don't know when. But we are very ready to work with all owners and charters on how they can save fuel with our technology right now. And how is it to approach the various new building yards? We are retrofitting on our vessels. Uh, is it uh, a challenge to introduce your system into uh, a yard's uh, technology book? Or, or do they welcome it because they see that they can also deliver a better product for longer? I think for us today, I mean... Martin, I have, of course, been on a long journey 
And yeah. uh, it has taken me 12 years to come to where we are today. So in the beginning, it was a struggle yeah. to try and get customers to buy in on a technology that, that, that they have not really seen before uh, commercialized. Today, I think we are working with 15 new build yachts. So about three cruise ship yachts in Europe and about one yacht in Korea and then the rest in, in, in China. So we are working with a lot of uh, CSSC yachts and China merchant yachts in, in, in China. So for us, it has been now it's relatively straightforward how we collaborate with the yachts. We are quite often specced uh, uh, on the makers list. And, uh, and, and, and the yachts are very keen to adopt, uh, fuel saving technologies to be able to comply with at the new build stage, EEDI from the retrofit mm. stage, EEXI, and of course the forthcoming regulation on CII. So, so to answer your question in, in, in short, today it's, it's not a big issue contracting with a yacht and get, getting on the, uh, into the specification on the bonus list, uh, make, sorry, on the makers list. Mm. But of course, it has to do with the long investment, uh, that we have made and, and, uh, the work we've done with owners and charters, mm. but also with class societies and, 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 and yachts in general. Mm. So I've been out, uh, for the, for the last many years visiting many of these yachts mm. and, 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 discussing, negotiating, and explaining how the technology uh, is working. To me, it sounds like a good example of seeing is believing when you, when you can prove it on the first lessons, you get, uh, you get the traction. Uh, this has been a pleasure. I think we have gone through the, the technology in a very nice way now. And I hope the listeners also uh, thought it was interesting to hear how you have uh, started up uh, this company and made it into uh, the success it is today. Hopefully, we'll meet again after we have installed it on our first two vessels and we go through uh, the learnings and, uh, and the future. Thank you, Martin. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast.